Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing's podcast number 87 on October 26th of 2022. Today, I will be answering eight interesting questions. Question number one. Is it true that if you buy the stocks of huge, successful companies, you will always earn money, or should I stick to mutual funds? I am a believer in scoring stocks and only carefully buying financially strong, high-dividend stocks that I intend to hold for the rest of my life. I have lived very well off the dividends of these financially strong stocks for the last 20 years. What I do not like about index funds and mutual funds is that they are too many moving parts to score and measure. I end up with zero control or confidence in these investment vehicles. Typically, a mutual fund has perhaps 30% of its money in high-profile companies to capture the attention of insecure prospective investors and give the fund some feel of legitimacy. The remaining 70% is spread among dozens or even hundreds of mediocre companies. I assume to hopefully capture one hidden gem that will rise like a shooting star and pull up the rest. This almost guarantees that your returns will be mediocre at best. If in retirement you're expected to survive by liquidating 4% of your mutual fund portfolio each year, as I was told, this results in the shrinking of your portfolio, whose erosion is further compounded by annual investment advisor and fund management fees that could range between 2 and 4% of the value of your portfolio. We must also not forget the ravages of inflation that have averaged 3.5% over the last 100 years. How much is your mutual fund returning to you? Why do so many investors put their money into mutual funds, ETFs, hedge funds, and index funds? I think it is because no one has ever taught them how to analyze commercial risk and how it applies to investing in stocks. Who is going to teach them? It sure isn't the investment industry who encourage the dependent relationship they create with the typical insecure, ill-informed investors. These fearful investors are encouraged to believe that without the wise guidance and restraint of the professional that they will impulsively lose all their life savings. No one is explaining to them the benefits and the strengths of diversification. No one is opening their eyes to the historical perspective that stock markets rise and fall on the frantic bidding of optimistic and pessimistic speculators who are being manipulated by rumors more than facts. No one shows them how dropping share prices have almost zero long-term impact on financially strong companies. Companies 
who have shown for decades that they will and do pay steady dividends through market crashes and how after these crashes, their share prices again rise to new record highs. The historical information is there, easily and freely available, if you are taught how to look for it. As an informed, self-directed investor in stocks, it is not difficult to realize a 6% annual dividend income and see your portfolio also grow by about 12% each year in capital gain. This growth keeps you constantly ahead of inflation because dividend payouts rise faster than share prices. The question was, is it true that if you buy stocks from huge successful companies, you will always earn money? The answer is only if you learn to be a careful, informed, logical, self-directed investor. Interestingly, a company does not have to be huge to be a safe, better stock to own. There are about 16,000 stocks you can buy in North America. There are fewer than 100 even worth considering for a portfolio of financially strong, high-dividend stocks. Question number two. How would you be able to tell the difference between a good stockbroker and a bad stockbroker if you know nothing about investing? A stockbroker is certainly not going to teach you how to invest because they want you to be ignorant of investing and dependent on them for the rest of your life. They charge for this dependency. Perhaps you should not consider investing until you've learned how to identify a strong company from a weak company. The difference between risky, speculative investing and safe investing in financially strong stocks paying high dividends. As well, learn how to use the wealth of stock information available that your bank offers free to its customers along with a wealth of research tips. The objective is to know exactly what you are investing in and why you are investing in it. After you spent a couple of months educating yourself, you will probably understand how you too can be a successful, self-directed investor. The idea of handing control of your money over to a stockbroker to invest will then be seen as an expensive, unnecessary exercise fraught with potential negatives. These people are not your friends. They are being rewarded for the amount of money they are able to transfer from your pocket to their employer's pocket. You are the prey, not the employer. If you want some insights into the disasters that can occur when you give control of your money to a financial advisor, go to my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Question number three. Who is making money from stocks right now? Define making money from stocks. I lived off my dividend income through the 2008 and 2020 crashes, just as I do now. 
even a market crashes, financially strong companies paying high dividends continue to pay their steady dividends. Dividends are the result of revenue and expense decisions made by a company's executives. They are not related to the ups and down swings of share prices caused by speculators gambling on future share prices. Now is the time to pick up bargains that will show capital gain but will also increase their dividend payouts at a far faster clip than share prices when they increase. Question number four. Is it good to invest in stocks during a recession when all stocks are at rock bottom? Would you really prefer to invest in stocks when they have reached their record highs? What would the logic be? That they're going to get higher? What are the chances? No one can accurately predict future share prices. Time is an investor's best friend. I like to invest in financially strong stocks paying high dividends that are well below their record highs. I can look back over 20 years and see that after each share price fall that they again climb to record highs. I also only invest in dividend stocks because I can live off the dividends as I wait for their share prices to recover. Dividends are also a sign of financial strength because they are paid out of profits. When I buy such stocks, I'm really buying more income at bargain prices. Since I never intend to sell such stocks, their eventual capital gain to me only means that they are most likely to increase their dividend payouts. Usually, dividend payouts gain twice as fast as share price gains. Question number five. How does trading penny stocks work? Are there any legitimate ways to make money from it? What are the risks involved? I have seen penny stocks classified as stocks that trade under $5 a share. Some stocks literally can be bought for one cent a share. The share amount is just a number. Like any stock, there are financially strong penny stocks and financially weak penny stocks. Some penny stocks pay dividends. For example, if you go to page 124 of the American High Dividend Handbook, you'll find 15 stocks trading between $2.50 and $4.86 who are paying dividends. Their dividend yield percents are between a low of 3.60% and 30.90%. When the handbook came out in the fall of 2021, the current IDM scores for these 15 stocks were between 54 and 29. Personally, I avoid stocks with scores under 50. The highest score I've ever calculated for a stock was a 78 and the lowest was an 8. Penny stocks make up about 5% of my portfolio. One I have owned for about 10 years has paid a consistent dividend yield of 7% or more, which equates to a monthly payout of 3 to $0.04 cents a share year after year. 
It has not shown a spectacular capital gain, but it has been a steady income earner through good and bad financial times. I bought it at $1.79 a share and is now trading at $3.28 a share, but it has been closer to $5 a share in the past. You need some steady income producers in your portfolio. When this economic downturn is over, I would expect it will once again be showing a capital gain in excess of 100%. Not that I intend to sell it unless the score drops below 50 and they cut the dividend yield. It is now paying a dividend of 9.15 because the share prices drop and the dividend payout stays the same. The dividend yield percent increases. Another financially strong penny stock I own has an operating margin of 49%. I bought it many years ago for $3.57. It is now at $17.40. But it has been over $20 a share. You can make money from printing stocks if you carefully choose those that are financially strong with histories showing steady gains in share price and dividend payouts. You are far more likely to see a $4 stock going to $8 than you will see a $40 stock climbing to $80. Investing is all about percentages of gain or loss. It is unusual for a stock trading under $5 to be financially strong with a history of steady gains, but it is not impossible. You have to seek them out. If you need some insight in how to find and score strong stocks, go to my website. Question number six. What is the best course of action when you are in a losing position in the stock market. What is your definition of a losing position? Have you sold the stock or is it just sitting there looking very pathetic? If it is just sitting there, analyze it. Is the book value close to the current share price? Is the operating margin in a healthy state? Are they paying a good dividend? When you look back over 23 years, how long did it take the stock share price to recover from the 2000, 2008, and 2020 market crashes? Did they pay ever-increasing dividend payouts right through these down years? Is the price to earnings low? If basic analysis is new to you, go to my website and watch the videos which will give you some insight into analyzing a stock's strength. If the stock is in good health, even though the share price is down, relax. Live off the dividends. Usually, in less than a year, the share price will recover and reach new highs. If you bought the stock without previously doing any analysis, Try to remember the next time a recessions occur on a regular basis. You're going to go through this again. Trying to time your buying and selling to avoid temporary declines in share prices is usually futile. Stick to profitable stocks. The best way of identifying profitable stocks is start 
with those that pay dividends. Dividends come from profits. Fortunately, there is no direct link between profits and share prices, which is why profitable companies are able to keep paying their dividends through recessions. Share prices are controlled by the bids being placed by optimistic and pessimistic speculators reacting to media hype, rumors, and financial industry promotions. Question number seven. Is it worth to invest in an expensive stock trading course? What are they going to teach you? Is it going to be a lot of intimidating jargon, BS and promotion of some investments that they are trying to sell? Get meaningful references. What are they proposing to teach you? Discuss the proposed course with a successful investor. Ask the successful investor how they possibly learn to invest without such a course. If you accept that no one can accurately predict future share prices, whatever they are going to teach you is questionable at best. Do you have a strong business background? Do you understand commercial risk? Investing in stocks is just another form of commercial risk. Would you ship goods on credit to a company without assets, teetering on the edge of bankruptcy? Why then would you invest in a stock owned by a company with few assets and no apparent successes just because someone said it had potential? There are so many financially strong, profitable companies paying good dividends to invest in. You don't need an expensive stock trading course to identify them. To get some basic understanding of what you're getting into, go to my website and listen to the podcasts and watch the videos. No jargon, just straightforward information. Question number eight. Why should I do a Google search of a company before buying shares in that company? It isn't just enough to check a company's financial strength. It is also important to do an integrity check. Such a check only takes a few minutes to go into Google and enter the company's name and the words complaints and legal issues. If you do, you may sometimes be surprised by what your search reveals. For example, In my latest investment book that I am working on, I'm doing such a search on each of the top 100 dividend-paying stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange. One of the stocks being analyzed was IBM, International Business Machines. As I gathered their figures, I noted the share prices of 125 was down from last year's $144, but So many share prices are down at this time. The book value had declined from $23 to $21, which was not significant. With the share price dropping, the dividend yield percent had increased to 5.27%. The dividend payout was now the highest it has been at $1.65. The operating margin was steady at 10%. Not great, but not that unusual for technology companies. The biggest change 
was in the average number of shares traded daily. It had dropped from 4.4 million down to 1.7 million over the last year. When the total score was calculated from this data, it showed IBM with a score of 64, which is considered good. For example, the highest score I have ever calculated was a 78, and the lowest has been an 8. I avoid stocks going under 50. When I next did my usual Google integrity search, I came across the following headline, which immediately caught my attention. Lawsuit accuses Big Blue of cheating investors by shifting systems revenue to trendy cloud mobile tech. It is unusual to see such strong accusations against these hundred major dividend-paying companies. You should have little problem finding the whole article on the Internet. The article was written by a Thomas Claiborne, spelled C-L-A-B-U-R-N, for a website called The Register. The article reported that IBM in April of 2022 has been sued by investors who claim the company propped up its stock price and deceived shareholders by moving revenues from its non-strategic mainframe business to its strategic business segments, allegedly in violation of securities regulations. Current and former executives were named as defendants. Allegedly, they shifted billions not millions, but billions of dollars in revenues from their manufacturing line of business to their strategic imperatives and CAMSS line of business. This alleged fraud represents years of unlawful and unethical business practice that serve to inflate executive bonuses through revenue shifting discriminatory layoffs, and the manipulation of sales commissions. Their motivation was to gain both the bonus compensation structure they had created and also by their desire to drive up IBM stock price. To ensure the bonus boosting scheme success, 5,000 IBM account executives and other high-level employees were enlisted into this bonus plan. As an excuse, they blamed doing it as their desire to appease Wall Street's thirst for an IBM revenue stream unrelated to its traditional mainframe line of business. It was not until an employee raised it as an ethical issue with the senior vice president in 2018 that they stopped doing it. In 2019, they changed their compensation plan. I suppose the two things I find interesting is I had never heard of this incident and that the legal action was commenced just a few months ago. Does this mean IBM is a good or bad investment? I do not know. But I do know that things are neither good nor bad except by comparison. I do know that such an unusual incident must be considered before making a stock buying decision. Every public company wants to present the best possible image to potential investors. And I'm sure they all manipulate the presentation of their financial figures 
to a certain degree. It is critical in making your stock purchases that you take those few minutes to just see if there's any evidence that the stock you're considering has crossed over an integrity line. Could such behavior impact at some point the future value of the shares you're about to purchase? Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. Thank you.